Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. Happy New Year to all of you. You know, for us, we believe the best way to begin a new year is to seek God first through prayer and fasting. How many of you guys have been fasting this past week? As you can tell, the clapping is a little soft. Not a lot of enthusiasm there. But, uh, but you're good for it. Uh, it's been an amazing week of prayer. We've been praying all week. Seven o'clock at New Bedford Inn. We have another week to come. I, I, can't, I can't encourage you enough uh, to come and just be in that atmosphere. A lot of times I know people get intimidated. How are we going to pray for an hour? Trust me, an hour goes by really fast when you're in the presence of God. And uh, you don't have to know how to pray. You know, no one, no, who knows how to pray? The disciples told Jesus, teach us how to pray. So if the disciples ask Jesus to teach us how to pray, I think we're in good company that we can learn this thing. But really it's about Seeking the heart of God and, and getting his heart and getting his vision, getting his revelation for our lives. And, and fasting says, I'm serious, God. I'm serious. Like, I really want your will in my life. You know, that I'm not content with being religious. I'm not content with the status quo. I'm not, I'm not happy with just existing. I want your will. I want your purpose for my life. And, and the Bible is full of examples of fasting. Actually, all religions really fast because they believe it's a powerful discipline that you put yourself through to get to where you want to be. Amen? And so I want to talk to you more about that today. I want to explain to you the power of prayer and fasting. And the title of my message today is New Cravings. You know, last week I talked to you about God gave us the revelation four years ago that coming to the city, the goal was to establish a new normal. And we talked to you about the fact that we cannot change people. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. He brings a new heart to us. And he begins to work on us to give us a new mind, give us a new vision for life, give us a new mission, a new role. And I believe what happens over time is now you get new cravings. You have appetite for different things, for the things of God, for the will of God. Like you don't crave the old things anymore because those things are gone. And now you have new cravings. It's, 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 it's like, you know, all of a sudden finding that meal that you're like, man, I can't get enough of that. And you end up going to that place over and over and over again. We shouldn't be talking about food this week, but, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Uh, and, 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 and the Bible says that we should taste and know that the Lord is good. That once you taste him, you want more of him. Amen? And so I want to talk to you about this today. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be Matthew chapter 4, uh, starting with Jesus, our example of how he fasted and what was the purpose of it. And the Patriots are not playing today, so I'm going to preach for about four to five hours. Uh, come on, y'all hungry? You're hungry? If you're hungry, I'm about to cook. I'm about to, I'm about to give you a meal. Uh, like, I got dessert and everything. Like, just, just stick with me. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. Yeah, someone said get it. I'm going to get it. Um, just one person, though. Everybody else was quiet. We got a Buffalo Bills fan in the house? We got one of them. 
come to the altar later, brother. We'll, we'll do our best. But you're in our division, so I don't know if God's going to help you. Any Jacksonville Jaguars fans here? Good. Softies from Florida. <laughs> I don't mean to offend anyone from Florida. I'm just, I'm just trying to rally us up here in New England. Um, Matthew chapter 4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. 40 days, y'all. Some of y'all are like, I'm dying. It's been a week. <laughs> 40, 40 days. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say. It's so powerful. Jesus didn't say, I don't feel like it. Jesus says, the scriptures say. See, if you want the will of God, you can't go by your feelings. You've got to go by what the Bible says, what the word of God says. Jesus is quoting, the, like this is the son of God quoting scriptures. He's quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He's saying, no, no, no. Here's what actually the word says. People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Can you say amen? amen. So that's the power of prayer and fasting. We have cravings. But we're more than physical beings. We're triune beings. We do have a physical side of us, but we have a spiritual side of us. We have an emotional side of us that needs more than just physical things. And so fasting is about really getting our cravings aligned with the person that created us in the first place. That from time to time, you have to declutter your mind, your body, and your soul. Because it gets kicked up with so many other things. That sometimes we're in this fog because we're so consumed with stuff that was never intended to be God's will for us. Can you say amen? And so, and so I hope you're taking notes tonight. Because today, this morning, because I'm in a teaching mode. I hope you're in a, you know, receiving, you know, learning mode. That a new normal calls for new cravings. You cannot live the new normal on old cravings. Right? That's that person that's like, I want to lose weight. But they're always a Burger King. <laughs> okay, don't elbow anybody. <laughs> you know, I want to lose weight, but you never run. Like you, can't, like, you can't keep doing the same thing, expect different results. I'm pretty sure that's called insanity. You know, like you're out of your mind, basically, when you're saying those things. Right? We all want the summer body, but we don't want the summer work. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Yeah, okay, no amens there. Because, uh, you know, it's winter. We all like, you know, watch the layers come off in a couple of months. But new normal requires new cravings. We don't live by the physical needs that we have. This is what Jesus is trying to teach us here. That we are more, please write this down. We are more than the sum, the sum of our physical urges. We're more than that. We're, 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 we're actually more spiritual than we are physical. I'm always reminded of this when I do funerals. I just did a funeral. And I'm always reminded that, wait a minute, we're more spiritual than physical because, look, this body is just a shell. It's just a shell. Now, you need it. You got to maintain it if you want, you know, a good life. But at the end of the day, we're more spiritual than we are physical. The physical goes back to dirt. 
The physical goes back to where it came from, and the spirit goes back to where it came from. Can you say amen? And so we are triune beings. God created us mind, body, and soul, and our soul needs to be fed the word. The soul needs the spiritual nourishment that only God can give. That's why sometimes we try everything and nothing works. Right? We try relationships. We try making more money. We try buying a bigger house. And still there's this emptiness inside of us. Why? Because we're trying to feel a craving that only God can feel. Like we need a meal, but it's not based on those physical things. It's based on the spiritual things that God has for us. Can you say amen? You know? And so in order to, to, to live this new normal, we must learn to replace our cravings. We must learn to replace our cravings because we're, 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 we're sinful by nature. So we're, we're prone to Burger King more we are to salads. Like, come on, a burger is way more appealing than a Caesar salad. And all you vegan people, I don't care what you say, even you. You're like, you eat a salad, but you're like, I wish I was eating a burger though. You know, but spiritually speaking, you know, we're, we're more prone to sin than we are to holiness. You know, we're more, pro- more prone to selfishness than we are to selflessness. We're more prone to comfort than we are to sacrifice, right? And so I believe that God sets you up in these moments to say, wait a minute, you got to deal with these cravings if you're going to reach your full potential. You know, I really believe everything is spiritual, including the snow. I really believe that in that God is teaching us, here's how you persevere. Here's how you don't give up. Here's how you don't let any obstacles get in your way. Because some people today, they're like, oh, it's snowing. I mean, you know, I'm going to have bedside Baptist right here. Me and the Jesus on this pillow, you know. Uh, how many know when adversity comes, those people are going to have a hard time dealing with it? Right? Because if every time you, you, you rely on your sweets, you're never going to see the full potential that's inside of you if you don't raise up to the challenges that God put in front of you. Understand this. When you pray for something, God doesn't give you that thing. He puts you in situations to bring that thing out of you. Like the worst prayer you will ever pray is, God, I want to be patient. Because he don't give you patient. He puts you in situations to work out the patience out of you. That's how he works. Right? Listen, you pray for a table. God's like, I make trees. Hello, somebody. Did you understand that? Like, God makes trees for you to cut down and make a table out of it. God's like, I make seeds, but you got to speak into that seed. You got to water that seed for it to come to pass. Am I talking to anybody today? Like, that's how it works. That's how it works. God, give me a man. (laughs) You know, and we forget to be the person that we're praying to be for someone else to be for us. God always starts with you. And that's why marriages will never work if you're trying to work on the other person instead of working on yourself. I'm telling you, you're always trying to change the other person. God's like, I'm trying to change you, knucklehead. Get that revelation. Right? Your, your, your cravings need to change. You need to change the cravings to see yourself first before you see in other people. That's why he said, listen, you're so concerned with the, with the, with the little speck in your brother's eyes, but you got a log. <laughs> He's like, deal with your log, man. You know, you're trying to fix somebody else, but God's like, what about you? Like, deal with your cravings if you want to see change. Can you say amen? amen? So let me summarize this for us. We fast. I'm going to give you three reasons why fasting and praying is so powerful. If you're taking notes, listen, 
we fast to realign our cravings because they get distorted. Right? We, 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 we start to lean on fast food way more than we lean on the word. You know, it's easy because, you know, fast food is fast, but it comes off fast too. <laughs> it, it, it comes out really fast. Everybody awake now? Okay, I got everybody. Okay. We've got to realign our cravings, right? Because, again, I hope you're tracking with me. I'm not just talking physically. I'm talking emotionally. Sometimes the quick fixes are quick fixes, right? And lead to dead-end streets, right? Sometimes the easy road leads to easy road and easy things. But easy things don't last. Come on, are you following? So we got to learn to realign our cravings if we want the will of God. The second thing why we fast is we must feed the spiritual nature. There's a spiritual side of you who is starving for the word of God. He's starving for truth. Starving for righteousness. That's why some of you, you walk into here, you're like, why am I crying? Because your spirit is starving. Some people are like, I don't know why I'm starting to cry. Well, your spirit saying, it's about time you took me to church. It's about time. Uh, you need spiritual nourishment more than you need the spirit, the physical things of life. And number three, why we fast is to detox. Right? We need clarity, people. Clarity of mind, body, and soul. How many of you guys would say since you fasted, you're waking up like... Like, you're alert. Like, come on. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, what is going on? It's in the middle of winter. Usually you get up like, right? you're, you're, you're clear. The fog is being lifted. Right? And you realize how much your body is just clogged up. Right? Like, some people, you, you hear them talk all day. It's like, it's like talking to a dumpster. Like all day, they can't help it. Why? They're so clogged up with so much. They can't even know what a positive thing is. Like I, I read the quote this morning. It's like, if you have nothing positive to say, at least keep your mouth shut. Like for real. Like just, you can't even do that. Some people can't even, they can't not say something negative. Don't elbow anybody. We're in the detox period. We're cleansing. We're cleansing. Clarity of mind. You make better decisions when your mind is clear. You talk to people better when your mind is clear. Right? Parents, we're so sure with our kids, not because of them, it's because of us. A lot of times it's us. We're, we're, we're in need of detox, and so we're short with them. And, and, then, and, then, and then when God begins to speak, you, 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 you realize, wait a minute, it's not them, it's me. Like, I can't expect a five-year-old to act like a 39-year-old. <laughs> Come on, talk to me. Like, a lot of us, it's us that needs a detox. Uh, that's how the, the Lord speaks to me. I get short with my kids. I go, away. you know, he's like, wait, you want a three-year-old to understand <laughs> what took you 39 years to understand? I'm 39, by the way. I'm just letting you know my age. Uh, I need clarity of mind. I need clarity of spirit if I'm going to make good decisions, healthy decisions. Can you say amen? And so... Old cravings got to go. And so the power of prayer and fasting, which, by the way, even though we do two weeks, I encourage you to fast throughout the year. I try to fast every month just so I can stay in the flow of this. 
right? It's a spiritual discipline that I highly encourage you to make it part of your life. You don't have to fast two weeks. You can fast one day. You can fast half a day just to say, God, I just need to stay in the flow of your will. I just need to continue to see your will being done. Amen? So the power of prayer and fasting, I want to give you three things that, that is going to happen to you when you begin to align yourself with God's will. Listen, power, prayer, and fasting, you replace old cravings. And I want to show you what the Bible talks about old cravings. All of us are tempted in three ways. Whatever your temptation is, it falls in these three categories every single time. Right? If you're a human being in this house, you have temptations that fall into three categories that I'm going to show you in a second. The Bible says you've got to replace old cravings. The second thing that comes with prayer and fasting is you get breakthrough. How many of you guys would say you keep hitting a wall? The wall of addiction or the wall of people pleasing or the wall of, of I, I can't seem to get it right. I believe that, that this is the moment that God gives you a breakthrough. You, you see, see, sometimes people pray wrong. God, if it is your will for me to overcome, would you please, I mean... If maybe, perhaps, perchance, you're out there. No, I don't believe that. I believe that once you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't pray for, you know, you know those cute things we say, you know, God closes the door, but he opens the window. It's like, no, God makes you bash through the wall, the whole thing. Like, you just bash through the whole thing. Right? That's why I believe God is from New England. Right? He's not praying cute little prayers, you know, in a little, you know, place in Florida sipping Kool-Aid. You know, it's like, no. God is saying, you know, you got to bash through some things. Right? Stop talking nice to your addictions. Stop talking nice to your dysfunction. Right? Stop making friends with things that are not supposed to be in your life. Break through to those things in Jesus' name. Right? Yeah, people talk sometimes. You think, like, they love their imperfections. You know, I'm not perfect. Yeah, but okay. Is that all you're going to be? Change your tune. Breakthrough. You know, and get a breakthrough on the other side. And that's what happens when you're, when you're, listen, when you're tired of being tired. And you're tired of making excuses. Right? You're going to get a breakthrough. Right? And the third thing that comes with the power is you get closer to God. I don't know if you realize this, but your greatest prized possession in life is God. Like, Listen. All the things we want in life don't compare to being one with God. You can't enjoy those things without God being in them. Right? You want to get married, but if Jesus is not in the middle of your marriage. You want to have children, but you, you, you don't know how to be a parent without Jesus. You want a bigger house, but how are you going to maintain it without Jesus? How are you going to have the peace and the love and the joy of the happiness without Christ? Like you want to get closer to God. That's the ultimate goal is to get closer to God. Right? Because when I'm closer to God, then I have all the things that I need. Right? And so this is the power of prayer and fasting. Right? It's, it's, it's being dead serious about changes. It's being dead serious about, listen, I almost titled this message, Changing Change. Sometimes we've got to change the way we're thinking about changing. Because sometimes all we do is talk about changing, but we don't, have, we don't do anything remotely close to seeing change in our lives. Right? You want to see change, then change, change. Right? Change it from, from, from you know, from, from a dollar to four nickels or, or, or four quarters. You know, like change something because we can't keep talking about things and not seeing results. Come on. We're, we're results people. We produce things in Jesus' name. 
Can you say amen? And so, again, if you're taking notes, I'm just going to go slow today because we have plenty of time. We have nothing else to do but to be here with Jesus and, and, and work on our souls. Because I guarantee you, we go home, we, what do we do? We put on PJs and we, and we feed our, we feed Netflix and, 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 and Netflix and chill. And then we get in trouble. And then, you know, and then we wonder, where God, where are you? I try to tell you. Feeding of wrong stuff. Nothing wrong with Netflix, but man, we need a diet of the word. Right? We need a diet of worship. We need a diet of, of the things that are going to edify our souls and our spirits. Can you say amen? Right? So, so the Bible says all of us have old cravings, and they fall into three categories. Let me show you this. The Bible says this in John, that we have these cravings that we need to get rid of. Right? It says, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world... You do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. That's the first one. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So there are cravings that are not from God. There are cravings that I need to pinpoint in my life and say, I need to surrender that to Jesus if I'm going to live my life to his full potential. If you notice, there's three areas that he says there's cravings of the physical pleasure, there's cravings of everything we see, and then the pride in our achievements and possessions. Nothing wrong with having achievement possessions, but if you think you got them on your own, you're in trouble. Right? If you think you made yourself get to where you are, that's the greatest sin you will ever commit in life. Right? You are in the same line as the devil who thinks, he, I can be better than God. Like, I did this myself. When I hear people talk like that, my soul cringes for them. It's like, are you out of your mind? You're one breath away. Like, even your home breath is borrowed. Did you know that? You're on life support right now. Every single one of us. Because if God says, shut it down, it's done. Right? It doesn't matter how much you have in the bank. When he shuts it down, he shuts it down. Right? And so we have to be careful that we're not hoarding things that are meant to stay temporary because God is eternal and your spirit is eternal. He's trying to teach you things that are going to last forever. Right? It blows my mind when I see people. You ever see people in their grass? Like it's the greatest thing in the world? Like on their knees. Right? Man, I'm like, man, the dedication is amazing. Or people on their cars. Like, on your way to church, they're worshiping. That's a worship, people. On your way to church, you see people, and they won't even drive it. Put it back in the garage. It's like, oh, my goodness, isn't it crazy? The mindset that people have. Or the grass that you never lay on. But you want it to be perfect. Like, I'm nothing wrong. Listen, if that's your thing, nothing wrong. I'm just saying, that shouldn't be your God. You don't let kids go in your living room because it has to be all plastered and all the, like, come on, people. That's worshiping all the wrong things. Are you following so far? Right? So we have these things we got to deal with, right? Now, now, let's break down each one of them. Physical pleasure is simply this. It's always wanting your way. Physical pleasure means you have zero self-control. And you have no discipline to see something come to pass. Most people will start something and never finish it. 
because the pleasure will go away. By the way, that's why I believe God hasn't trusted a lot of people with relationships. Because he knows you're about to start something you can't finish. If you're not mature enough to take care of my daughter, how am I supposed to trust you with her? I'm telling you, it's a mature word. You're asking for things you're not ready for. People are like, God bless me financially. But it's like, you haven't even tied on what you have right now. But you want me to add more so you can hoard more. Right? Come on, talk to me. Right? And so, listen, physical pleasure is wanting your way every single time. No discipline to see something better. No discipline to see yourself develop into a man or woman of God. God is in the long-term game. God is not into quick, you know, microwave, let me fix you. No, God into slow cooking. God wants to give you a real meal. That when you walk away, you feel like, man, that was a nice meal and I feel good. Not like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to use the bathroom, you know. I hope you're tracking. I'm talking more than physical here. Some relationships are just diarrhea, you know. Let's just be real. I'm your pastor. I love you. I got to tell you like it is. But physical pleasure is temporary. Right? Like some people last night got hammered and then say, I'll never do that again. It's like, I'm not judging. What I'm saying is, man, is that, is that it? That can't be it. Like work hard all week to go spend it on things that are killing me. Like I, and then people say, I work so hard for my money. Why are you church asking for money? It's like, you, you give it to the devil every week. You give it to the devil every single week. Think about it. People go to places to pay to get in to ruin their lives. Tell me that's not the devil's church. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me. (laughs) Thank you. Better not catch you there. Um, Because sometimes, you know, we're in church. We say all the right things, and then we're the ones... Next thing you know, you didn't know this, but someone took a picture of you. Now you're on Facebook. And that was Saturday night. Sunday morning, you're like, I surrender. I surrender. The devil is a liar. Get your mind right. You surrender one way or the other. Right? I tell people, if it's the world, go all out, man. Do your thing. But don't call it what it's not. If it's Jesus, then go all the way in too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe in divided attention. The Bible says, like, make up your mind. What is it that you want? It's this way? Then go that way. If it's this way, then go this way. The Bible says, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Like, Bible gives you a quiz and gives you the answer. How cool is that? He's like, choose life. And you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Choose life. Ah, the way my body's set up. One moment, I just want to, the next moment, I just want (laughs) to. Are you following? Physical pleasure. But then he talks about the everything you see. That's the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is when you're, you're driven by comparison. Always wanting something else. Never satisfied. 
because there's always something else that you feel that you're missing. Comparison is the thief of joy. It will rob you every time. Right? You could be driving in your car, you're excited, you paid off, and then your friend bought a Mercedes. And now you're like, man, the way my bank account's set up. But a minute ago, you were happy that you have your Pinto paid for. What you don't know is the Mercedes, that person's drowning in debt, but he looks good. We try to keep up with people we don't even like. It's lust of the eyes, right? Bigger house, but you forget. Can you afford a bigger mortgage? <laughs> Can you afford to cut that grass? <laughs> Nothing wrong with wanting more. The Bible says God gives you the desires of your heart, but it's when you are driven by those things. It becomes your God. It becomes your focus. That you can't enjoy what's already in front of you. Right? Contentment is a powerful thing. It's hard to reach contentment. Because we live in a society of more. Give me more. You know, Jesus said this about your eyes. He said, your eyes are, are the windows to your soul. He said, if your, if your eyes are dark, your soul is going to be dark. What he was saying is, is how you view in life. By the way, the context of what he was talking about, he was talking actually about money. He was saying, listen, if all you are is driven by material possession, you will never be fully satisfied. Because your soul will always be empty, wanting one more thing. Right? And so it's like you got to replace that craving if you want to have contentment in life. Because we all want it. The problem is we're eating the wrong things, thinking that's what's going to satisfy us. You know? and, so, and so Jesus said, your eyes are the windows to your soul. Be careful with comparisons. It will rob you of joy every time. Be careful with wanting just for yourself. Hoarding and hoarding and hoarding and hoarding and hoarding. The problem with hoarding is you're always going to want one more thing. And people are like, yeah, I, I don't want much. I just want one more thing. Nothing wrong with wanting more. We, we talk about it all the time. God will give you the desires of your heart. Just don't let those things become your God. Don't let those things become your focus. Because if God doesn't give you one more thing, he's giving you enough. That's got to be our mindset. Now, he's too good to not give you more. He's faithful. He will always give you more. And by the way... I have nothing against Mercedes. I, I pray that our I, I, parking lot is filled with Mercedes and Benz and Beamers. As long as your heart is filled with Jesus at the same time. You know, that's my, that's my desire. Right? So I don't, I don't want you having selective hearing. Oh, pastor's talking about my Mercedes. No, I love your Mercedes. I thank God that you guys are blessed. That's my prayer. I pray for you every single day. God, bless every single person that calls New Life South Coast home. Bless their home. Bless their finances. Bless their cars. Bless their children. Bless their home. Bless their job place. Bless their future. Bless their heart's desire. My desire is to see you fully blessed. This is the greatest joy of a pastor's life is to see your life blessed. So, so don't have selective hearing on me. Don't have selective hearing on me. I'm saying we have to make sure that we're craving the right things. Okay? And then the third thing he talks about is the pride in our achievements and possessions. You know, this is basically wanting to appear more important than we are. We all think we're more important than we are. <laughs> That's the reality. Right? I was joking the other day with the, some of the, my close staff people. I was like, isn't it interesting when it comes to ministry, we all think what we do is the most important thing? They're like, if I don't show up today... They're going to be hurting. Right? We always think, like, if, I don't, if, if my part is not done, you know. But the truth is, it's not how God works. God works collectively in unity, right? And so, and so all of us are important, but we're not that important. 
Do you understand? There's a difference. We're important, but we're not that important. Right? Because God will bypass you and use someone that doesn't think that, that all that. That's what I love about church. Yesterday, they're like, we're short on, on parking. I said, use who you have. Because God will bless those people. And those who are not available, God will like, next. Give me the next one who's ready, who's willing. Give me the Brady six-round pick. I'll use that. Give me that. That's what God will do. That's what I told you. He's a Patriots fan. He's like, let them, let them not see Brady. He's not that important. Right? Because what do people do? Look at everything on the outside, but they forgot his heart. God goes straight to the heart. God is always looking at, let me see your heart. Let me see what you got to offer in there. Because if you can, 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 can get my heart, then I can use you. That's what he said about David. When they came to select the king, David wasn't even in the room. Because they're like, he doesn't look the part. But Samuel was like, there's got to be one more, right? Yeah, but he's in the field. He's a little boy. Bring him in. God's like, that's the one. And then he said the one of the most powerful things in the Bible. says, I don't look at the outward appearance. I go straight to the heart. God's looking at your heart and saying, I can trust you with more. I can bless you with more. If your heart's in the right place. Right? If all the, the everything has to line up for you to serve God, he'll say next. Right? I'll, I'll, you know, I'm willing to volunteer every six months. Next. Well, I don't serve when it's below three. Next. Right? That's what God will do, you know. I was telling someone yesterday, there are so many dudes that are much better preachers than I will ever be. But it's not about that. It's about the condition of your heart. Can God trust you with more? Can God believe that what he's putting in you is going to be used to bless other people? And so you don't get caught up in your prize and your achievements. Because those things are fleeting. Muhammad Ali was one of the greatest boxers that ever lived. Do you agree? Even if you don't know boxing, you know Muhammad Ali. You've heard of Muhammad Ali. But one time in 60 Minutes, very interesting. They went to his home, to his house. They went to his garage, right? In his garage, you know, Muhammad Ali was, was shaking in his latest days. And he's got all these trophies and all these accolades. And what's, what's in What's amazing about that moment was all the trophies and accolades were all dusty and, and thrown into a garage. All the stuff that we think is so amazing becomes garbage dump. Right? That's why the Bible says, don't win the world and lose your soul. Don't work so hard that you can't enjoy the things that God has put in front of you. Don't be so important that you're not good for nothing. Some people are so important, they won't serve because I'm too important to serve. Well, God says, next, give me someone who is willing to put their hands to the plow that's going to be a blessing in other people's life. Can you say amen? See, please write this down. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Okay, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Right? Humility is the mind of Jesus, who says, even though I'm God, I'm going to become a servant of all. That's humility. Like, he willingly gave his life. Like, if you're going to, listen, church, if we're going to imitate anyone, I think Jesus should be the one we should imitate. Like, the God of the universe says, I'll be your janitor. I'll serve you and show you how to live a blessed life. And he said, if you can do that, then you're blessed. The word blessed is fulfilled, content. Everybody says they want to be fulfilled and content, but nobody wants to serve to be fulfilled and content. And that's why achievements and possessions will never going to fulfill you. Because there's always going to be one more thing. Speaking of Brady, another one. Right? Did you remember when they interviewed him and they said, what else is there for you? And his eyes, the windows to your soul, and he looked so sad. This is Brady, our demigod. 
sad. Why? Because there's got to be more to life than just winning Super Bowls. There's got to be more to life than just being the best quarterback of all time. Right? There's a, there's a longing in the soul that football won't fill him. Now, he's awesome at what he does, but that's not who he is. He's a human being with, with, with hunger for meaning, for purpose, for, for connection, for relationship with his creator that gave him the ability to play football. And that is Brady. That is LeBron James. It doesn't matter who it is. It's not your prized possessions is what you do. It's who you are. Did you watch Michael Jordan's speech, a Hall of Fame speech? One of the saddest speeches you'll ever hear. This is the greatest person that ever played basketball. When he begins to talk, you're like, oh, man, my heart breaks for him. He doesn't know how to live without basketball. He put his entire identity on basketball. Now he's 50-something, and he, he can't move on. All he kept talking about is, I'll take you. I'll beat you. I was like, you're 50, man. Like, you got to move on with your life. Right? You ever met the Uncle Ricos of our days? They're still telling you about how they were amazing in high school. Right? You can never, like, there's some people, every time you see them, what do they talk about? Yo, remember? Remember how awesome I was? It's like, yeah, bro, that was like 25 years ago. What have you done since? Right? You're just so focused on those prized possessions that were fleeting for the moment. But that's not who you are. Can you say Amen. You are more than that. Listen, I want to say this again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. We're meant to worship God, not things. We're meant to worship God, not positions. Here's another thing I tell my young staff all the time. We're all replaceable. I won't, at some point, we will be replaced. Did you watch the Patriots issue this week? You know, Brady's 40, blah, blah, blah. He's going to be replaced. That's the reality. Like, that's life. Live in such a way that you leave a mark that people miss you. That's how you should live. Like, if you work for a company, you should work in such a way that if you leave, they're like, man, we missed that guy. Like, that's the legacy that we should be all about. Like, if you're not in church, that you should be missed. Right? If you're not at home, your kids should miss you. Not, thank God he's not home. What is your prized possession if it's not who you are in Christ? That's the only thing that remains. Your identity is the only thing that remains. We're all replaceable. We all do some things for a season. We don't do them forever. Like one day, they're going to have to pull me out of this pulpit. I'm going to be in my 80s talking about, I can still preach. <laughs> Pastor, I mean, it's about that time. And most likely, it's going to be one of my sons like, come on, dad. Come on, dad. You know, <laughs> pride in achievements and possessions. I love this prayer that John the Baptist prayed. I love this prayer. They came to John. Let me set this up for you. They came to John. John, his goal was to set up Jesus' ministry. He was the setup man. But John was popular because he came before Jesus. And his disciples came to him running. He's like, hey, everybody's going to Jesus. What happened? He goes, that was the point. It wasn't about me. I'm here to set him up. And he prayed this prayer that I, I pray you pray. Like, it's amazing what he said to his disciples. What a great testimony. John said this. Look, he said, look, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. That's the heart of a believer. God, you become greater in me, and I become less and less. Let it be less about me. Let it be more about you. 
That's the, that's the right craving, church, that we need. Right? Lord, you be glorified so your will can be done in me but also through me. I don't want to get in the way, God, because I'm so consumed with I, I'm important. You need me. No one needs you. Can I go back to serving? Serving is not an obligation. Serving is a passion. We don't have to serve. We get to serve. Right? Giving is not an obligation. It's a privilege to say, God, I get to be part of your kingdom. I get to be part of what you're doing on this earth. Right? I tell people all the time, if someone asks you to do something, that's a privilege. They thought about, you can do this. If someone says to you, hey, man, can you come with me and help me over here? That's someone saying, I believe you can help me. Like, don't look at it as, oh, I, I don't do that. It's like someone is believing you can do something. As opposed to going, ah, oh, not you because you're too important. Uh, anyone? That's what God does. The Bible says God searches the earth looking for who's available. To be like John the Baptist, to say, no, Lord, have your way with me. More of you and less of me. Come on now, we're teaching a good, a good word this morning. Are you receiving this this morning? Listen, you want a breakthrough, right? You don't want to keep making the same mistakes. You don't want to keep hitting the same walls. This is what praying and fasting will do. Here's another story. The disciples tried to heal somebody, and they couldn't. A man brought his son to them and said... He's got demons. And they're like, we prayed. Nothing happened. So Jesus came, healed the boy. Then they were having dinner, and they asked Jesus this question. It's really powerful. They're like, look, when they had come to the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Like, how come we prayed and nothing happened? So he said to him, this kind can come out by nothing, by prayer and fasting. Write this down. Some demons die hard. Some demons need the extra attention of prayer and fasting if you want to overcome them. Because you're like, I came, I did the cute little prayer over here, nothing happened. Yo, you better go deeper if you want that demon to come out of you. And, and come on now, identify your demon. You know what they are. The demon of addiction. The demon of abuse that won't leave you alone. You keep living in the past. Right? The demon of people pleasing. Like you can never be yourself because you're always worried about people who are worried about you. Like there's some things in you that are going to die really hard. But there's power in prayer and fasting to overcome anything in your life that's holding you back. Anything. Right? He said some things you got to go the extra mile if you want to see deliverance. But this is for people that are sick of being sick and tired. I want to talk to specific people who are like, man, I'm tired of just talking about it. I want to see change. I want to change change. I want real transformation. I want real power. I'm dead serious about overcoming my demons. I'm dead serious about living a free life. I'm dead serious. See, as long as you're making excuses, you're not serious enough. As long as you're thinking there's an alternative, you're not serious enough. As long as you're thinking you can bury it in watching more and more Netflix, you're not serious enough. Because you're going to wake up with even more demons the next day if you're not fully paying attention and saying, God, I refuse to go one more day living in the same conditions, with the same mindset, with the same perspective. I want change. I want honest to goodness change. See, can I let you in on a secret church? The most powerful time of of church is the prayer time. But some of y'all, you're too 
caught up in your sweets, you get up and leave, but you never get the power to live a full week full of blessings, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go to work and say, I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be the same. Listen, some demons die hard. You can't come and do a quick prayer and leave. You got to soak in the presence of God. You got to sit in the presence of God. One of my favorite things about prayer and fasting is that we come and we just soak in the presence of God. We're not in a rush. You cannot rush the things that God wants to do in your life. You, see, you cannot rush it. I know we live in a fast-paced society, but God is a microwave God. No, he's not. God is a slow cooker God. God takes his time of molding and shaping us. And if we're in a rush, we'll miss God every time. You can go to church and miss God. You can go to church every single week and miss God because you're in a rush to do your own thing. Some things take time, church. It took you a long time to get into those things. It's going to take some time to come out of those things. Give God some room to work, to change you. Like even now, think about it. Why are you anxious to go home? Where are you going? Think about it. You're anxious right now, but why? You ever ask the question? Why? Ever talk to your soul? Say, soul, why are we in a hurry? Where are we going? You got to talk to that flesh side of you who, who, who wants to get out of the way. It gets hot. Let it be hot. Let the Holy Spirit bring that fire up. Because fire is what removes all the draws, all the negativity, all the lies, all the deceits. When it gets hot, stay in the kitchen and let the Holy Spirit cook it up and mold you and shape you into the person he created you to be in the first place. Some people, I hate to say it, will never see a breakthrough because they never give God room to grow. We had prayer all week. I don't mean to be weird, but where were you? What was more important than saying, God, I need to sit here with you because I don't want to be the same. Because no matter what you were doing, and, and we all call it important. Everybody has important things to do. Isn't that interesting? Whatever we're doing, like I said earlier, we all think it's the most important thing. But when are we going to get the heart of God to say, I need to sit with you, Lord, to see a real breakthrough? Because I don't want to be the same. Can you say, amen? I want to change, change. And lastly, it's about getting closer to God. That's the prize. Until God is your prize, church, you've missed it. And you missed it. God has to be your prize. When God is your prize, then you can enjoy everything else. When God is your prize, then you can be in your Mercedes and praise him. You could be in your house and be filled with peace. When God is the ultimate prize, you arrived at contentment. Contentment is the most fleeting thing. Right? Isn't it interesting? I don't know if you remember when Nintendo 64 came out. Remember that? Man, I was consumed with buying a Nintendo 64. And I was broke at that time. So I, I did my own yard sale trying to come up with money to buy my Nintendo 64. Bought the Nintendo 64. Loved the Nintendo 64. But about a couple of months later, I sold it. Isn't it interesting the things that we are so consumed by, they're just trinkets in the grand scheme of things, right? That what really matters is you connected to God so you can actually enjoy the things that you think you want so bad. Like he is the ultimate prize and he's a jealous God. He's like, I'm not going to let you enjoy anything else other than me. Right? I'm talking to believers now, right? If you're a believer, God's like, I'm your prized possession. There's no way I'm going to let you have fun anywhere else. Like believers don't know how to sin right. 
Oh, they got quiet. <laughs> Believers will try to sin, you'll be miserable. Because God's like, hey, I already, I already, I already purchased you. I, you're already mine. You know, you're trying to be that. Isn't it funny when you see believers doing things they're not supposed to do? They look stupid. <laughs> I used to tell the youth all the time as a youth pastor. I'm like, man, you don't even know how to cuss. You cuss wrong because you don't belong. That doesn't belong in your mouth. Right? And, 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 and we sin wrong. We don't know how to sin. Sometimes you're in church, you're like, why is he looking at me like that? Because you're in sin and you're worried. Like, no one would do anything to you, but you angry. Someone judged me. No, you're already judging your mind. Like, you know, you know, you're not supposed to live like that. Any little thing will throw us off. Why? Because God's like, you're mine. You're mine. You're not going to be satisfied with anything else. You try to make that relationship work, but you know he doesn't love Jesus. But you're like, you say all the nice things, but he's such a nice guy. The nicest guy I've ever met. Pastor, you won't believe it. He pays all my bills. devil can pay your bills too. He offered Jesus the world. He said, hey, look, you can have all this. Just worship me. You know what Jesus said? Not today, Satan. Get behind me. I worship God and God alone. Closer to God. Let me end. James says this. Love James. Read James. James says, listen, so humble yourselves before God. That's what prayer and fasting is. You're, you're humbling yourself. When you're fasting, you have no strength on purpose. God is trying to empty you out so you don't think you can do this on your own. Right? That's why some of y'all, you're like, I really want to be more excited, but I'm hungry. <laughs> and that's okay. You're humbling yourself before God. Resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? you got to replace those cravings. And it will flee from you. Come close to God. How do you come close to God? Through prayer. Through prayer. Right? And God will come close to you. Wash your hands. How do you wash your hands? You make sure you're not doing things that doesn't please God. You want to lift up holy hands to the Lord. Right? You sinners. Purify your hearts. How do you purify your hearts? Well, you say, God, search my heart. Is there anything in me that doesn't please you? That's what fasting will do. It will, it will zero in on things. It will zero in on jealousy, comparisons, pride, ego, all those things. It begins to pull those weeds out. Because it's like, you've got to bear more fruit. You won't be able to bear fruit with those things in there. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty, this is, this is powerful. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's what it comes down to. Who are you loyal to? If your crazings are off, you're going to be always like this. Like, I see your struggle. I see it in your faces. Some of y'all, you're like, I want God, but the way my friends are set up. I want God, but the way my house is. I see it every week. If your eyes can talk, I see it. I want God, but you should see my environment. I want God, but you have no idea what I've done. Listen, I don't care what you've done or haven't done. If you begin to say, God, I want to be loyal to you, God's already loyal to you. He, like, he's ready to, to come in and fill you and purify you and wash you and cleanse you and restore you and then put the right people around you if you let him. God is faithful to do that. God is faithful to do that. When I got saved, when I was 20 years old, my best friend, my best friend in the world, I did everything I can to bring him to church. And he came a couple of times. But one day we had a heart-to-heart in his dining room. And he said to me, I see you change. I don't want it. What do you do in those moments? What do you do? 
Do you stay there knowing that you're going to be a less version of yourself? Or do you say, God, you love me, you love him. He Maybe he's not ready, so I'm going to pray for him and trust that his journey is going to take a toll. But I'm not going to stop for somebody that's not doing God's will. But my loyalty is to Jesus. People are fickle. In four years, you know how many people we've seen come through? Thousands. But how many have stayed loyal? People that you pray for will curse you the next moment. But not to your face. They'll do it on Facebook. Because that's more brave. People are fickle. Your loyalty must be to Jesus. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? We've got to get closer to God. That's the ultimate prize you have in this life. And it comes through some sacrifice. Saying, God, I need to give up some things if I'm going to see your will being done. Sometimes, I'm going to be real with you. Some of y'all, you need to give up some friends. They're holding you back. Sometimes, some of you, you need to get up, give up some of the, your environment. A very good friend of mine who was conflicted in that loyalty between God and the world. I remember every time I see him, yo, how you doing? Struggling, man. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. But I'm like, I've seen a common denominator in your life, though. Every time I see you, you're parked at the same house with the same people. And every time you come out of there, you tell me you're hurting. I said, can you put two and two together? Your environment is not helping you, and you have a choice. Either you stay loyal to dead things, or you get up and be loyal to the things that's going to help you and bless you. Right? That's a choice. That's a choice. But we, we're sometimes we're too concerned about what people think about us instead of worrying about what God thinks. At the end of my life, he's not going to say, hey, you guys tell me what you think about Marco. I really want your Facebook opinion of him. He's not going to say that. He's going to say, what would you do with the life that I gave you? Right? He's either going to say, well done, or I don't know you. That's the bottom line. Right? And so we fast because we want God. I believe you're not here because, because you want to pass time. I believe that in your heart, there's a longing for God. There's a desire to grow. There's a desire to become everything he created you to be. That's why you come. And you come as you are, but you don't stay as you are. So I want to pray for you this morning. Would you stand? We're going to go back to the song. Come as you are, but don't stay that way, church. you got to dig deeper into God's will for you, to God's purpose for your life. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? I want to pray. Pray for this hunger, for new cravings. Pray that we let go of some things tonight, today. And we say yes to the will of God for our lives. Can you put that last verse up again? James. I love it. He said, come close to God. And God will come close to you. I believe that's your heart desire. That's my heart desire. Come close. And God will come close. Spirit of Jesus, would you come? Come over us. Come over your people. Come over every single one of us. Come purify our hearts today. Come wash us. Cleanse us. Detox us. Detox our mind. Our hearts. Our tongue. Detox our purposes. Our attitudes. Come Holy Spirit. Call on you to come.
and have your way. We come as we are, but we don't want to stay the same. We don't want to stay the same. We want your will, Lord. We want your purpose. We don't live by our urges. We live by your will, by your word. Spirit of Jesus, come. Align us with your purpose today. Align us with your will today. As we worship you, as we praise you, come. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.